I'm Stephanie Lugo, and this is the Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by the Market Authority Academy. I created this mentorship program because I remember what it was like to be lost, isolated, and completely overwhelmed by the real estate industry and feeling like my business was totally out of control. Fast forward to today, where my husband and I are top 1% real estate duo behind a business that creates more revenue and opportunity than we ever imagined. Now I get to help real estate agents around the world get their time back and earn more income than ever while they're at it by helping them earn an unfair share of attention through the latest social media strategies and systems that make it all feel effortless. Check out the show notes to book your application call and learn how the Market Authority Academy can help you triple your real estate business this year. Speaking of the Market Authority Academy, today's guest is an alum of the Academy, and I am so excited to welcome Caitlin Henderson to the show. Caitlin had always said that she would never get into real estate because she was quote unquote raised in the business, which revealed to her the behind the scenes struggles of the industry early on. But after checking the boxes of climbing the corporate ladder fairly rapidly, she still felt like she was missing something. She was traveling 70 to 90% of the time and she had begun to crave a way to serve her local community and families in a real way that actually mattered beyond a paycheck. That is a mission that I am all about. She never would have thought that an encounter during the pandemic would reveal that she actually had been equipped perfectly for real estate. Now, Caitlin shares her story with us today, and she also shares how her first true year in the real estate business has gone. When Caitlin came to me about six months ago for help in growing her real estate business, she definitely was ready to see some real traction, and she had a lot of ideas for ways that she wanted to make it happen. And now today, Caitlin is generating a lot of business. She's generating leads from social media. She's creating real relationships, and she shares her journey with you today on the show. We also make this a little bit of a live coaching session at the end of our conversation, which I think that you'll really enjoy hearing how we workshop some other ideas for Caitlin to continue to improve and grow. I want to thank Caitlin for being so generous with her time and her story. And I love being able to feature real agents from the Market Authority Academy that I get to work with every week. 
Caitlin brings such an incredible positive energy to our coaching calls each week. She is so kind and supportive to other agents in the program, and she really has been a joy to work with. And I know that she is going to go far, far places in this industry. So I'm super excited for you to get to know her a little bit better too. All right, without further ado, here's Caitlin. Caitlin, thank you for joining me. I'm pumped to get started with this conversation. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this since you asked. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. So we've been working together for ooh, like four or five months maybe now. And it's, I was thinking about um, just kind of bringing on some really great conversations for the Market Authority Show. And I was talking to, to Gisela, our marketing assistant. I was like, we need to have Caitlin on the show because every time we have our coaching calls, she contributes so much to the conversation. She shares her story and journey in such an open and genuine way. And I just really feel like your perspective is going to be so much in alignment with many people who listen to this. So truly the, the honor is all mine. And I'm so grateful for you being so generous with your time with us today. Perfect. Thanks. So. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for those who have not yet met you, can you share a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So the first part of my journey is um, I was actually raised in the business. I had a mom who was very successful in real estate. And I, as the child of a real estate agent, always said I would never get into real estate. Because as a young kid, all you ever see is what it can take from you. You don't have the wisdom of perspective of what it actually provided you in your youth. So fast forward, I had checked all the boxes they tell you to check in school. I had gone to college. I got great grades. I was involved in everything. Graduated from college, got the big girl salary job, um, rapidly went through the promotional ranks, climbing the corporate ladder and realized I was just still missing something. I was burning the candle at both ends. My health was starting to deteriorate. And um, I had been looking for a way out. And to be completely honest, the thing that was keeping me changed to that career, as long as it did, was the comfort of a predictable paycheck. And that was the most money I'd ever made in my life. And I knew starting out anywhere else wasn't going to pay me starting anywhere near that salary. And it took a global pandemic for me to have an encounter in my quiet time in the morning to be like, oh my gosh, I'm equipped for real estate. Everything I'm saying I want in a job that I can't find, it's real estate. Mm -hmm. And so in 2020, I uh, called my broker that's known me since I was a nine-year-old. And I said, I have some very real questions and I need you to shoot straight as someone who I know cares about me beyond a dollar sign. And she met with me, took the time, answered my questions, and I jumped into real estate school the next week. And yeah. So oh my gosh. That kind of gives me goosebumps. What a story. I don't I don't know that I realized that you took that big of a leap. Um, so so kind of fast forward, we go through 2021. You were planning a wedding, you had a lot of stuff going on. When would you say you went like full on, full steam ahead into real estate? Cause I know, I know that it wasn't just a totally linear shift into like, you know, getting after it. It was a struggle. And for the sake of transparency and overcoming anyone else's limiting beliefs that might be listening to this, I was fortunate enough to, I had a savings account. I do not take that for granted. Mm -hmm. I 
was on furlough with that old company because it was in the movie theater industry. So it was one of the first ones impacted. Ouch. And it was one of the last ones to recover. Mm-hmm. So they were they were good enough stewards of their employees to try to take care of us as long as they could. That's the only reason I could afford to even go to real estate classes. And um, so I'll forever be grateful for that. Um, I feel like I missed the next little piece of that. Well, how did it go into 2021? Yes, thank you. So um, 2021, that was that was supposed to be my protected year to do my business. And then my wonderful husband proposed to me in February. And uh, no one warned me, by the way, that being a bride is a full-time job. It is. I will spend the rest of my life, as soon as people say they're engaged, to make sure they budget their time like that's a full-time job. So anyway, that being said, I was fortunate enough to have a few listings in 2021, um, but uh, I didn't really dive in and make myself fully available again until after we were married to like the 1st of September. Okay. Okay. So then what was the plan at that point? How did those first couple of months go for you? First couple of months, I was a little over eager because another thing I was not um, prepared for is merging households. I thought that would be a smoother process. Um, and anyway, there are just unspoken things that it doesn't matter how great your relationship is. When you move under the same roof, you've got a lot to learn. Sure. And um, so navigating that and coming back to the real world after our incredible honeymoon. Um, and also the biggest thing too was trying to teach my husband, hey, I'm not wasting hours on my phone. Hey, it looks like I'm running around town meeting people at different places and having fun, I need you to realize this is work for me. There's a strategy behind this and how I'm managing my time and trying to teach him was a lot of the last few months of 2021 and even now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like we were just talking about this, weren't we? When we were going through some of our, um, some of our task management exercises, one of the big things that we were going through was you go through and get a whole accumulation of everything that you're doing over the course of a week. And you did that. And the one thing I said was, okay, now Caitlin, if it comes up and your spouse is wondering where you're at all the time, now you have a perfect itinerary to show exactly like what it is, because I've always thought of that being a challenge for, for agents. And that's not one that I've had to experience so much with working with my spouse. But I think about Bryce heading out, sometimes we'll divide and conquer and he's got to go out, you know, in the evenings or on the weekends to showings or drop everything last minute and go with the client. Um, and I'm home with the baby. And I'm just thinking about these scenarios where I'm like, man, if I didn't have that perspective, I'd be like, where are you? What are you doing? It's a very demanding job. So, you know, you guys having to merge and like, you know, grow your marriage, learn these new parts of each other um, as you start settling into those roles and having to introduce this entirely new concept of work-life balance, I'm sure was really challenging. Yeah. And it's something that we constantly have to, because I've told him, I said, you can't ask me how much my commission checks are. Because as soon as I tell him that I signed on a new client, that's his first question is, well, what's their budget? And I've had to tell him like, you actually can't ask me that because just emotionally, I mentally cannot tie a human face to a dollar sign because that's going to set me up for failure. 
Yeah. And so I told him, I said, I don't even calculate my commission. Yes, I have it on a spreadsheet, but I don't obsess over the number until the day of closing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even the full story too, because then you have like whatever splits and fees and uncle Sam, all that good stuff. I literally this last week, because he was asking about my last one and I have a whiteboard in my office and I said, let me show you. Cause he saw the total amount. I said, let me show you. And I wrote down the number. I said, this is how much my broker gets. This is, and I went through the whole thing and I said, this is going to taxes. This is what I'm putting in my pocket and had to explain the difference of you've got to pay the business first to keep the doors open before you can pay me the employee. Yeah. That's so interesting. So how did you prepare for that leaving like structured corporate nine to five to that type of living because it's, it can be really jarring for some agents who are making that leap. So honestly, for me, it's prayer. Um, and I know not everyone's in that space, but for me, I've just learned if I make a move, it's got to be covered in it. And that's the space I was in when I actually joined, uh, MAA, which I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about, but every step, even buying my house, that's just kind of how I process. And that does not mean it's easy. Sure. And, um, But yeah, doing that, it's, I also, you know, you talk about mindset a lot. I was really blessed. It's kind of a backstory, but it ties into where my mindsets come from. Mm -hmm. And that is when I was about 19 to 21, 22, I was in an area of life where I was around a lot of very wealthy people. And it revealed to me people that have built wealth for themselves, they think differently. Mm -hmm those are the influencers before influencers were a thing. Those are the influencers in my life that I had face-to-face contact with that got me to read personal development, change what I was listening to, change the people I spent my time with. And I'm forever grateful for that. So as far as jumping into that, so much of it is mindset. And that's another reason I prioritize our coaching calls. I think I've only missed one, maybe two of our MAA calls. You're, you're on the road calling in on zoom in your car in between appointments. I love it. You're, you're always showing up. I love it. It, It's become one of the most important pieces of my work week. And I I love it because one, there's always a floodgate of value, which I can't thank you and the other members for, Mm. but also if on those days that you're just low, even if you don't even realize it, we come out of those calls. And I actually just decided uh, this week that I'm going to wait to do my database calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays immediately after our coaching calls. Oh, that's so cool. Because I'm just, I'm ready to run through a brick wall and you can't offend me and you can't upset me after those calls every time. So Yeah, I I love that. And you know, what's so funny, I'm glad that you're saying this, because I actually needed this reminder, because I've been there's just a lot of craziness in the world right now, you know, and I find myself over consuming some of the energy that's happening around just from like, maybe seeing too much news or seeing the wrong stuff on social media. And it is so crazy how much the mindset has to do with with your ability just to execute and perform. And we were talking about this yesterday, actually on one of our calls. And it was again, another really good reminder for me because, and I wonder if this is kind of what you found, like success mindset isn't necessarily just being like super positive and like, woo hoo hoo all the time, like, oh, everything's going to work out great. It's like, 
no, I've got this. It's having the confidence that you have the resilience and the resourcefulness to overcome what challenges we ultimately face, especially in this industry, because there are always crazy curveballs throwing our way. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. What kind of challenges surprised you in the last couple of months as you've like really gone headfirst into building your business? That surprised me? It's a good question. Probably the lack of professional support. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will preface this, which I am so fortunate. And I don't realize until I enter into arenas where people say that they hate their brokerage or they only talk about how cutthroat the industry is. And my heart just breaks because I am deeply blessed that I have a phenomenal office. My broker is incredible. My title attorney feels like he's a dad to me. My lenders are phenomenal. So I'm truly blessed to be surrounded by phenomenal people. Awesome. With that said, when I hear things about the lack of professionalism and even not liking other agents posts, that sounds like such a petty, um, what is it I call it? A vanity metric to be like, oh, you didn't like my post, but I'll go to meetings and people will say one of two things whenever they bring up my social media, I love your videos. I binge watch them. And they're another agent, which is, I love that. I always appreciate it, but I'm like, you don't ever like anything. Why don't you like my stuff? And one, it's either they think I'm going to, they, or one, they can't give me an answer that makes any logical sense. Or two, I've had one person actually say, well, I don't want to boost you because I'm trying to earn business too. The scarcity mindset in this industry is shocking. It's wild. And I've had, it's so funny. Just, I met a young, another uh, much younger Asian. I think she just turned 21. She just got her license and she's hungry and she's at another office, but um, she sent me a message because I said, if you ever need anything, reach out and I'd be happy to help. And she responded to one of my posts privately. And she said, Hey, where are you getting leads? And I told her kind of a blanket answer. And she said, well, I only have like 65 people in my database. And I sent her because I have a document of 150 ways to build your database. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to her and she said, why are you helping me so much? Why wouldn't I help you? What do I, you, <laughs> I just believe in sharing yeah. what has worked. And that's something I'll um, make a confession on here. I have been too private about the Market Authority Academy and my small local circles. And it just hit me last week. And I was like, if someone asks me, hey, what are you doing? What is it that's, I'm going to say it's it's this program. It's my, and I have started saying it's my coach even a few weeks ago, but one of two things, either they're going to jump in and do the work and earn their business and attract who they want, or two, I gave them a resource and they just didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of responsibilities on them, right? (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. crazy how it's so crazy how many agents don't want to receive help. Um, and the agents who don't want to give help, you know, and, and my whole philosophy has been really rooted in like a rising tide raises all boats, right? Like the more that we can really contribute to each other's business, the more that this industry will be elevated and the more we'll be able to mitigate the risks that we see today, like iBuyers entering the arena and consumer behavior changing and kind of getting out of, um, 
getting, getting harder to grasp. Right. And so for me, it was always very natural just to like pour back in because we were really lucky to have the same thing that you did. We had really great support in the early days, but so many agents don't. Um, and I love that about you. So, um, let's talk about what you have been doing and what's been working. So you're saying social media, you're talking about database. What are your main pillars, I guess, when it comes to growing your business and and what have you really been leaning into? So the first thing I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Instagram, because that has been, and I haven't even necessarily gotten, I've gotten some new leads from Instagram, Mm -hmm. but truthfully it is the best top of mind tool out there. My favorite recent example is there's a friend of mine from church. There's one other agent in my church, just one. And we have a good relationship, but they are very close. Like they're together twice a week. But when it came to real estate and referring his dad to someone, he called me. Not because she's not a great agent, but because when he sees me online throughout the week, he thinks, oh, Caitlin, the realtor. They're together twice a week, but she doesn't talk about real estate half as much. And I got a referral and that was my closing in February. Wow. That's crazy. And so I just, I'm a passionate believer in the power of digital marketing and social media. And that's something I did wrong in the beginning actually was I spent money on mail outs. And I don't think that's as dated as some younger agents want to say that it is. Mm -hmm because you're going to reach different people, but I do wish I had saved a little bit more of my money in the beginning versus let's just spend it on all the marketing mail outs right out of the gate before establishing the core things of what's most important first and free. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm glad that you make that distinction. And I agree. I think that there's a lot of value there. I think that marketing needs to be layered, right? Like I think, I think that it really does need to be layered. And the more that I really think about it, Um, Instagram, just as you say, brand awareness tool, conversion tool, right? Incredible for that. So, um, how have you found Instagram like to really work for you? Because you do a lot of reels, you do some posts, what feels really good to you. And, and I just want to say like, if anybody is listening, if you do not follow Caitlin, you have to follow Caitlin because you post such great videos and you're consistent, but how do you do that? How do you stay consistent when it doesn't immediately show results? It's a good question. Um, I So reels were a real challenge for me when I started. I'm going to say that again. Reels were a real challenge for me when I started, <laughs> but it has become my favorite thing to make them, to create them that's quirky and a limiting belief that I've had to overcome is I've worn so many hats and I enjoy so many different things in life. This has really become a platform where I can be a goofball still bring charisma into professionalism. I can still talk about horses. I can still talk about people and relationships because it all comes together. Mm -hmm. So, and then as far as like where the real ideas come from, it will be something as simple as a story or a pet peeve that I've discovered or a common complaint I've heard. And um, an important thing to say too, is there's so much, my dad actually has called Facebook farce book yeah. for years. And so for me, a big part of that is I believe in being authentic all the way through. Mm-hmm. And the way you see me on my Instagram is the way you're going to see me in any area of life. And I think that's a big key too, is having integrity across whatever arenas in life you're a part of. 
Yeah. How, did that come naturally to you? Um, and did that help you be more comfortable on video or is there a little bit of like a learning curve there? There was a bit of a learning curve. What the, honestly, the biggest like aha moment of, oh my gosh, I, I can't just predict how something's going to do. My highest video is the Will Smith audio that's, I saw that going differently in my mind. Yeah. It was the most last second unplanned. And the caption was um, when you just sent out, or you know, you're a real estate agent when, and it said when you just sent out mailers and you see an, a listing sign in your neighborhood. That's yeah. all that going different. That video did so well. And it's like it, my angle, it's like below my chin, no filter looking out the window. It's just five seconds. And that wow. one, but it revealed to me, I was like, wow, that's like a pain point in the industry is like, oh man, I just sent them something and they, what happened? Mm -hmm. But it's real instead of, cause that's something I had sales background in a different industry years ago and something that the less integral I'm trying to use the word integrity, but they would teach the fake it till you make it. Yeah. And that really burned me and I doesn't sit well with me because people see through it. And when people feed it to me, you're going to have to work even harder to get my trust back. And so if I, if you see my videos, for example, and you're like, okay, she's a little too much for me, we're probably not going to work well together. So I'll refer you to someone more serious if that's what you want. But if I'm your person, I'm your person. Yeah. I love that for you. So Instagram, you're crushing it. You're doing well. I, do you have a goal for Instagram this year? Do you have a goal in terms of like followers or number of leads at some certain point? So, um, I was super over eager about followers in the beginning, and now I'm kind of calling it a bit more of a vanity metric because yeah. I, my goal was to set three appointments a week from Instagram. Okay. And I've been, that's maybe something we can dialogue more about. I've really wondered how do I get that going? Because I recognized when I revisited my launch pad, where we break that down as far as those goals, I was like, I'm not really doing that. Mm -hmm. It's working great for top of mind, but as far as appointments, that's not working as much or as fast as I wanted. And then as far as followers, my goal is to hit um, a thousand followers by June. Okay. And where are we at right now? 971. Oh, so you might have to adjust that goal even. <laughs> that's <great>. fine. <laughs> so, uh, so when I'm, oh my gosh, and you only have 260 posts, right? Like this is still so early on, which is so exciting. Um, so for you to have already seen traction and you're getting a lot of positive feedback on Instagram, like when I'm just looking at your Instagram, like things are going really well, right? Like you're, you're starting to see some results, but let's not forget that it's only been a couple of months since you've really started going all in. Like, would you say it's been like maybe a solid, solid three months that you've been posting super consistently? Definitely. Okay. I had a marketing person last year and for a couple months, like during wedding season. Mm -hmm. And it was the first thing I was like, I want that back. Yeah. And that's when the reels got unlocked. 
Yeah. So I think, I think really, um, it's sticking with that pace and that cadence for at least six months before we can really judge where we're at. And, and that sucks, um, because that feels like a long time, but, um, if you are scaling up to say three appointments a week, um, you know, it's going to take a little while to really foster that trust with your existing audience and warm up the new followers that you're also getting. Do you remember how many followers you had in the fall last year? I have it somewhere on my computer, but I don't have it accessible. Was it like 200 or like 700? I was going to stay around six. Okay, cool. Maybe lower, but that would be my guess off the top of my head. It was definitely lower. So you've had at least a 40% increase in followers, which is enormous, right? That is still pretty a new, that's still a pretty new audience. So it's going to take a while to warm them up, right? Because like maybe they had their first impression with you. And then statistically speaking, they're only going to see about 10% of the content that you put out. So we got to give, yeah. So we got to give them that time and just like the luck of the draw to really see that content over and over again before it really starts like, developing context in their head of where you come into their lives and what role you could play, right? It takes seeing a couple of different offers or a couple of different examples of clients that you work, you've worked with for them to be like, Oh, I can actually really see myself working and working with Caitlin. And maybe it's not necessarily, Oh, I could see myself working with Caitlin right now. It's when we go to buy it, we're definitely using Caitlin might take a year. <laughs> but that's still cultivating a client base and a pipeline for years to come, which is super cool. And some of the people that I work with, like we just worked with an Instagram lead earlier this year, she had followed me for four years and she had even like entered into some of my opt-ins and like I had generated her as a lead in my CRM and she had ghosted me for years. Like I'm telling you, I had one of those automated drips for two years. She opened every single one and never responded to me. <laughs> until she was ready to list her house. So it's interesting, but what six months does is it gives you a trajectory. So having six months of data, which is what's going to set you apart from other agents, you're tracking this and you're going to have the benefit to actually say like, okay, what do the numbers say? Not how do I feel about it? How you feel is important, but a lot of times that can skew reality because emotion is not logic. We can actually look at data after six months and say, oh, it really took a little while for things to ramp up, but holy cow, things have really changed in the last six weeks. I think that we're really onto something, you know? Yeah. And that's something I, I, I can't let this call conclude without making this statement. And that is, um, you know, at the intro for each of your shows, you make the comment about if you're ready to triple your business, I'm shocked I don't have the entire thing memorized, but <laughs> you, you talk about like, if you're wanting to triple your business in the next year. And I used to think of that as, you know, like, oh, that's a really good sales line. But I have to share that, and I said this on our call, but I am on track to exceed last year, what I brought home last year in the first quarter this year. Oh my gosh. Thanks to you and this program. So thank you. How does that feel? Incredible. Because you took a big leap making the investment into MAA. Like, oh, I didn't was, even tell that story. <laughs> it was a thing. There's a thing. Yeah. Do you, do we have time? Do you want me to share yeah, that story? Totally. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, so we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I had been wanting to join for about a year listening to the podcast religiously. 
And um, anyway, you had hosted a webinar and I jumped on and you were starting to talk about the benefits of the program. And I was just everything in my heart. I was like, oh, I want to do it so bad. I want to do it so bad. And, and I started praying and I was like, if it's at this number, I'm jumping in. And after it was value point, value point, value point, here's the number. And I was like, okay, it's above what I said. I guess it's not my time. And you said, but for you guys on the webinar today, I'm actually going to offer a discount at this. And it was just below that. I was like, I guess I'm jumping in. Pulled it out of my savings, which I had just rebuilt from getting my license. I had just rebuilt that. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't ask my husband first. I was like howling because you put in the chat on the webinar. You're like, my, <laughs> what did you say? Do you remember what you said? I said, my husband might kill me, but he'll yeah. thank me later. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I really have some work to do. I, and from that moment, I was like, I got to make sure Caitlin gets this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, obviously you, yeah. you need to do the work, which you do. Like you are so committed to the process and doing the work, but like, I was like, oh man, I hope this, <laughs> I hope this works out for her because I want her to have that that moment of of feeling that pride in taking a chance and betting on yourself and it coming back, you know. What do you see for the rest of this year? So this quarter's gone well then. What do we see for the rest of the year? So I've called this my season of acceleration. That's Love just it. the word I've had on repeat because I've had a closing per month up to this point, which is awesome. Um, and I'm actually, I have five potential listings this year. Oh my gosh. Which I can't even believe. And it's so easy when I don't have someone like right now that their timeline is present to fall into that. Like, where's my next person going to come from? And then I come home and I look at my whiteboard. I'm like, I've got five listings coming this year. Now the, the sad thing is they all need very different, not the sad thing, but they all need very different things in order to list, but they know they want to use me. And so I have to like land back in that, like, this is a place to be focused on gratitude. Mm-hmm. And, and those um, are only the ones that you know of, because sometimes exactly. they just like pop up out of nowhere and they're like, Hey, <laughs> we need yeah. help. Can you help us do this? And that's how my February one went. I had never met him before. He was referred to me by my church friend mm-hmm. and um, met him, showed him the same property three days in a row. Only time I've ever done that. And we were, he was cash and we were closed in under three weeks. Oh my gosh. You gotta love that. February. I'm like, ha- what? Ha- I couldn't have planned that. Yeah. So. But, but you kind of did because you've worked really hard on establishing your brand and helping those around you understand why they should hire you over your competition. And the person who referred them was probably like, oh, you got to go with Caitlin. She's great. This is why she's great. This is why you're going to love her. Just, just trust me. And he did. And that takes that, that process itself is a multi-year process of establishing that brand and getting that full foothold in the community. And it's already coming back to you. It's incredible. It's awesome. So I'm looking forward my talking about readjusting goals. My unit goal for the year is to close 13 transactions. Beautiful. And that is feeling more possible than I thought it was when I wrote the goal. Okay. So what can I do to help make sure that we get there and maybe even exceed it? Um, to tattle on myself, an area that I've been wrestling with in my power hours is 
making those calls. Okay. I've been really good and faithful about pretty much everything else. But when it comes to making those one to five calls a day, that's the one that on Asana, I'll just click as done if I get overwhelmed or if something else comes up or if I was in a room with five people, I know I would. So I guess overcoming and prioritizing that. No. Um, yeah. So which calls are these usually? And why do you think we're dragging our feet a little bit when it comes to that? The database calls and also the one to five new leads. And so I'll slip into that defeat. Like I haven't really met anyone new, which is wild because I run a million miles a minute during the week. Mm-hmm. And, um, but to me, and correct me if I'm heading in the wrong direction, but to me, a lead is someone looking within the next year or if they directly share that they're looking to make a real estate move, even if it's the next year. Yeah. So when I don't have those conversations, even if I meet someone new, I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. Do I count that as a lead? Do I call you? We only talked for 10 minutes and passing with an introduction. Do I, do I call you? So that, and then as far as database, it depends on the person. Mm. If I'm comfortable enough to call them, I run through frog pretty much. Yeah. And I'll, open the phone call with, Hey, you've just been on my mind and I had some time in the car and I just wanted to call and touch base. How are things going? It's been forever. And that's kind of how it gets started, but it's actually doing the thing. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I struggle with call hesitancy too, so I get it. Um, and those feelings are totally valid. Um, sometimes I just send a text and have a text conversation or reach out on Instagram And I know that some of the old school purist agents are like, no, 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 it's got to be a phone call. But at the end of the day, you know, getting me on the phone is hard these days, right? I've got a baby on my hip half the time. And the other half of the time I'm on Zoom, either with new clients or talking with, you know, agents like you. Um, and, And so it's really challenging. And my phone is on do not disturb most of the day. So I'm not the person who can get reached. And, and a lot of people who are working from home take that seriously, too. Um, it, and then you know, obviously we have people in the offices where they can't answer the phone. And so for me, I love sending out those texts in the morning. And then, you know, by the time the end of the day rolls around, they've responded, we can have a quick exchange at that point. Um, but the other thing that we could be doing too, is what you could also be counting in is growing your database with like new contacts. So what are you doing to actively go out and network and finding new people? So finding new people. There's one coffee shop and I went today. There's one coffee shop. Every time I go there, if it's to meet someone else or just knock out work, I always meet someone. And I've actually made two strangers cry, good tears, but in a five, 10 minute, cause I just, I get super philosophical and like Ted talky. If Uh someone talks about a passion point of mine, I can't help it. And I've made two people cry like, I wasn't supposed to come here today, but I know I was supposed to meet you because that's exactly what I needed. So I honestly need to just go hang out at that coffee shop more. There you go. (laughs) I love it. But um, yeah, go ahead. um, I'm, I'm super involved in church. That's where a lot of my outside of Instagram people come from. Um. So that's the other one as far as the community that I'm involved in. And then I'm super involved in my association, but that's other professionals. That's not. So after my year commitment, I'm going to 
be choosy about which ones I step away from. Mm -hmm. But that has already served me professionally because it's helped my professional credibility even as a new agent. Love that. That's a side nugget I would have for any new agents is get plugged in with your association, serve, because the people you meet and building that name recognition early versus that's another one. We'll see if they're still here in two years. Yeah, we do. We did the same thing. Um, and that was hugely beneficial for us too. So that's a good point. I think, um, you know, you might be close to, because at this point you've probably well plugged in with your database. We've got that organized. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now we can start really adding in and like the list that I always go to is the top 50 professionals. Have you explored that yet? I need to do I need to get that closer to 50. Yeah. Cause I did it before and I don't remember what happened, but for some reason I started putting them in a separate list. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Do you care to expand on that? Yeah. So it's one of the fastest and most simple, maybe not easy, but most simple ways to kind of grow your network. And the top 50 list is like this, it's an exhaustive list of a bunch of different professionals in different industries, right? And it's really kind of thinking about like, okay, so realtors have networks of buyers and sellers. Who else have similar networks of people who would be qualified to buy or sell, right? You're thinking like CPAs, you're thinking of financial planners, interior designers, um, even stagers, like there's a huge list of a whole bunch of them. You could even be thinking of people on boards of charities. Like there really is truly no end to all those different professionals, but it's thinking about who's well-connected and who can I create a great relationship with who might also reciprocate and introducing me to even more people. And the goal is, you know, we, we start with 50 once a week, make it your mission to make one new connection from that list. Right. And it might be as simple as searching on Instagram or on LinkedIn, trying to connect with, you know, um, uh, someone from from that industry who would be willing to maybe meet you at that favorite coffee shop. Right. You're, it's a place you already feel good and inspired at. Bring someone over for a coffee. Um, and that way you can strike up a conversation with somebody new, develop a relationship, and then you're adding more people into that database. And these professionals are happy to do this because they also need to expand their network, right? And it's kind of, it's a little easier than, um, I found this process for me to be easier than getting in touch with old high school friends who I hadn't spoken to in 10 years and who also know all my embarrassing high school secrets, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I'm just being real here. I was like the dork of all dorks. Um, Not that that matters, <laughs> but I found it, I found it way easier to approach others who had similar, similar goals. Right. And it didn't feel phony because like I was genuinely looking for ways to serve them and help support their business as well. And a lot of really cool things have come to it from there. Like I've been able to do, um, really cool events like sip and learns, right. With a financial planner that I met who we, each brought five new people into like an intimate little like coffee shop situation. And I was able to close the deal from that. So, you know, that's, that was one of my, that's one of my favorite activities to do. And I've actually gotten away from it myself. Um, I need to get back into it at this point. I have far more than 50, but if you are still trying to get to 50, that's like goal number one and something that could be on, on the launch pad for Q2. Yeah, that'd be great. 
just a tip. Sorry. I know I probably way over explained that, but no, that's good. Well, and actually I just had lunch today with someone who, um, he just, he went from being a CPA and now he's getting into lending and he's actually being mentored by one of my preferred lenders. Love that. So, um, but he's super eager. And I told him, I said, because especially with some of the t- statistics that are coming out for first time home buyers, because that wasn't super my target market. I just kind of recognize that that's who I have in my sphere. And anyway, but since some of this has been coming up, my desire to get people in homes, like money and business aside, because I deeply believe in distributing home ownership to yeah. the masses, I really want to do a big push for first time home buyers like hey because of the changes that are forecasted you want to make moves now and i've been preaching the stepping stone house is what i call it instead of like and i recognize i do a lot of generational research it's one of my nerd out topics mm-hmm. something that millennials um and i could say that as millennial have struggled with is we have this expectation of entering into a home that we grew up in without the recognition and appreciation that our parents busted their tails to achieve that. We're not supposed to just step into having a Pinterest worthy home. Yeah. And um, providing the education of like how to choose a good starter home, how to steward it, what to increase value, whether like different ways to leverage that to get you to the next step. So we had a lunch talking about like what kind of event we can host for those people to come and get that free education. So it's really cool that you brought that up. That's incredible. And I have so many ideas for that, right? Like you could do, I mean, I'm I'm sure you guys exhausted a list yourselves, but like webinar, ebook, video series, you could even do it in person and digitally. Like there's so many different opportunities. I love that for you. Thank you. And I'm totally open to thoughts on it because we're actually having to book another meeting Yeah, because we just talked about everything under the sun too. So Well, when you have some ideas sketched out, bring them to a coaching call and we'll flesh it out and help finalize that plan. I think that'd be sweet. I love doing that stuff. So that's what Lindsay did when the pandemic hit and everything shut down. She was like, what do I do? Um, So I worked with her and a lot of other agents in the market authority at at the time did this too. I worked with her to do a live event. So she did monthly live webinars and that propelled her business the first year. Um, so that, that first year through the pandemic. So that's definitely an option that, that you could always explore. And I do have a checklist for that. Perfect. (laughs) Love checklist. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like I could go on forever, but I want to be a good steward of your time. And I've had so much fun chatting. How else can I support you this week, Caitlin? Um, I don't have anything off the top of my head. I feel like you help me every week. So. <laughs> Good. That's, yeah. that's my aim. Um, I'm here to support, but I just, I want to acknowledge you for being um, such a contributor to the industry. Like genuinely this industry needs people like you. Um, and I'm so grateful that our paths crossed because when I think about the people that I want to be collaborating with, like, it's just like you. So I'm really grateful to be a small part of, part of your journey. And I'm very thankful that you are so generous with your, your time and your story with us here today. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm super grateful to be a part. Happy to help. <laughs> 
Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.